Hello and welcome back to Weekly Fix. I'm your host Zane and I'm joined here with Jacob. Uh, we have had such a wonderful uh, start to this podcast with, with plenty of content and this week is uh, we have no less content with uh, so much Invincible to talk about. We had so much Marvel to talk about last week that we completely uh, skipped over the Invincible episode that came out uh, to save it for this week. So we are going to be covering episode uh, two from season two and episode three. Um, Jacob, uh, what do you think about the episodes? Man, this show, it just continues. It, it elevates itself every time I watch it. Like I watched the entirety of season one in basically a 24 hour stretch and I don't binge watch shows. We've talked about that on this podcast before. I'm not a fan of binge watching, but this show really grabbed my attention. I love everything about it. And season two has just been crazy um i feel like every episode i'm like all right we're probably going to get something that don't really matter here and sure some of the scenes you can go with and you can say ah that was just like a character building scene but all the scenes feel so important every little detail every little emotion just really grabs you and these last two episodes especially this last one i was just the emotions were flowing um and this show just continues to get better and i'm absolutely loving it Okay, so um, go ahead and uh, for for what we want to do this episode, I'm gonna try to switch it up just a little bit for for some. Uh, so if you're listening and you kind of want to know what we're talking about, but you haven't watched the show, why don't you give us like a brief synopsis of like uh, like a real brief synopsis of episode two and three, um, and then we'll we'll kind of dive deep into some of the points. Well, episode two for me, it seemed a lot of like. The Guardians of the Globe, the original group that we saw in Season 1, are gone. But it kind of seems Season 2, they start back with the Immortal. Obviously, he's Immortal. He comes back. And I'm like, all right, this is good. You know, someone that could challenge. I mean, he doesn't do a good job of challenging. But he at least puts up a little bit of a fight against an Omni-Man-type character. So you don't feel like they're rushing Invincible into being that role yet. Because you can see Cecil, he's wanting to build Invincible into that Omni-Man-esque hero. He wants him to be really the sole hero of Earth, and not in a sense that he wants the other heroes to disappear, but when something does happen, he has Invincible in his back pocket. But he's not ready for that, so we're seeing like the Guardians of the Globe, this new group, still be challenged with a lot of you know villains that might not necessarily be really important villains. Someone that, if Cecil were to call on an Omni-Man-type hero, it'd be taken care of instantly. So season two, we are kind of starting to see that. And in episode two, it kind of gives us that, oh wait, they're still versions of the guardian of the globe there's other people that were like what they were doing out there so you see we had the martian man in season one we don't get to see a whole lot of them obviously because they all get killed in episode one but we kind of saw in season one when mark goes to mars he kind of encounters those same type of heroes those same type of people and one of them has made their way back to earth so we're kind of seeing like oh Maybe there's going to be another Guardians of the Globe almost that they didn't even know about. And we see it again with the one hero. He's slipping my name of what his name was. But when he goes, huh? They're calling him Shapeshifter. Shapeshifter. Yeah. So that's the that's kind of like it, what is, seems to be the new Martian man, right? Right. So we have him. And then we also have, um, is it Darkwing? I think that's his character, the character's name. Um I believe that's his name yeah, slipping my yeah, mind right D- now. Darkwing is the like the Batman esque uh, yes. character. Yes, and then we yeah, so we see Mark go into that part of Earth that's kind of Mid- like Midnight cursed. City. Yes, it's like a cursed city. And guess what? He had a sidekick there, which we don't use the term sidekick because that's you know 
demeaning. It's yeah, it's demeaning. <laughs> but he had a sidekick there that it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people knew about. Obviously, Cecil knows about him because Cecil seems to know everything. But well, not everything. Yeah, not everything. But he knows a lot of what's going on. It seems like most of the time, and it kind of seems like is there another of these Guardians of the Globe that we got from season one still alive? Really, I, we see again with that episode where Mark's told he has to go marry the Atlantis um, queen. And it finds out that was old tradition. And there's more of those heroes there as well, because Omni-Man killed their King. So there's, there's just, it seems like a whole lot more to this world that we hadn't seen that we're finally getting to see. So, so you said something there that uh, Cecil seems to know everything. And, and I actually wanted to touch on that because one of my main takeaways from episode two is that I think Cecil is completely and totally off his rocker. I, I think he's com- lost complete and total control. He doesn't know what's going on, and he is completely at a disadvantage for what, what is going to come. I don't think he's prepared at all. Um, and I think the big uh, like show of that was that he didn't know Atlantean culture had changed. And that's like a that, big point. That is a good point. And that's, I still just feel like it seems like the Darkwing sidekick, it kind of seemed like he knew who that was, right? So I, I feel mean, like he knew of? about... I don't think he knows that Shapesmith is a Martian. I don't think he knows that. No, he, he does not know that. And I, but I do dude, feel, feel like he's catching on to it a little bit, and he will catch on to it. So, so uh, at uh, Midnight City with the Darkwing sidekick, man, I wish I knew his name so I could actually just say it... Um, why would they introduce that like negative zone with him? Because that's like a crazy power. Like that's a crazy like power set. The like, crazy power set. It is, and they didn't touch on it at all, really. You know, he no. he kind of just. It was really a strange thing, and he even didn't even want to be in that alternate world that he was kind of pulling Mark into, right? Right. So I don't know, and even here, you hear Mark say, "Hey, well, you can explain whatever that was to Cecil." You can hear it from him. Mark tells Cecil, hey, you can hear it from him when he wakes up. He's knocked out right now. Yeah. Because Cecil's like, well, we lost touch with you. What happened? So, I don't know, man. This is just... I feel like this show... See, that's another thing Cecil didn't understand. He didn't say, hey, you went into, like, the negative zone, and we lost contact. What'd you do in there? He said, we lost contact. He didn't know what happened. Yeah. And I feel like what this show, especially season two, for me... Again, I'm going to preface this. Neither of us have read the comics. So if you guys are watching this and you're listening to us rabble on, we're, we're learning as we go. Oh, yeah. But from what I'm like, just like this world is way bigger than season one ever showed. There is just so, so much going on and happening. And that's what I think has got me so captivated. There's so many storylines to follow. Like we're following obviously invincible and mark and him trying to deal with his grief of his father all those things going on we're seeing his mom have some things that we're following there as well where she's going to be a big role i think in the story moving forward um we're seeing the guardians of the globe kind of doing their own thing and learning all these things and then they just throw random stuff at us right so it's just like the world has opened up so much for me and it has just got my mind thinking all the the entire time i'm watching these episodes I'm like, what is going on? Where is this? What what's this leading to? And it's just crazy. Yeah, I think I think Mark's mom 
is going to keep that emotion from the first season that you got and keep us grounded. Um, like you said, this world is is ever expanding, and and in episode three we got to see the expanded universe that we're going to actually see the real storyline that we're about to see uh, take place. Um, and so I think I think Mark's mom, I think she's going to keep the keep the grounded keep the emotion and have all of that tie back in you know even the little subtle things like her taking down plates to get ready for dinner you know mark grabbed three plates him his his dad and his mom you know he was always used to that like that like little tiny detail and then like her breaking when she's closing the um kitchen door the cabinet right yeah the cabinet man like just like every time she's in an like in a scene she is just stealing the emotion like it's just like man debbie she she is really killing it and then uh in episode three we really just have only started to even touch on episode two but in episode three you know with the uh support group where she gets to see all of the other uh superheroes that have lost uh, significant others and then you know, just the overwhelming emotion that she gets to feel there. She is always showing the emotion, keeping it, keeping it level with us, and keeping us grounded. And I love that. I love her character. Yeah, her character's really good, and like she's also dealing with the fact that her husband is who killed most of these other superheroes that are in this support group. You know, you see her go to the bar afterwards with the one guy, and he talks about how his wife was the Green Ghost, and. He starts hinting at he hates Omni-Man because, you know, he's who killed his wife. And Debbie's like, I got to get up. I'm going to go. And then she finally breaks and tells him, you know, my husband's Omni-Man. And then she says, and I haven't even had the chance to really grieve over it and get over it because he's still alive. He's still out there. And I don't even know where he's at. So if you put yourself in her shoes, there's a lot to be upset about, a lot to be angry about. And it's crazy how well they portray that through a cartoon. Oh, yeah. I mean. It's wonderful. Like her entire world is shattered, completely broken. Understanding that the person she loved the most in this world thought she was a dog, um, and they really kind of, I I think they did. Um, I was talking to my friend Guy about this, and and he was talking about when she's selling the house, right? She's selling the house, and and they, uh, she gets to make that comment. She's not your pet, like to the couple that like clearly that guy is like being the worst and anyone looking at that relationship would have been like man he is a jerk right but like they're really overselling it so that you can see what she's thinking and so like i i do wish that they would let her in that moment like i wish it wasn't so on the nose that he was just the worst like I, i wish it was like that she was seeing the bad in him when he's not just being the worst kind of like uh um oh what is it um just lost her name uh adam eve right kind of like adam eve like her father is just portrayed as the absolute worst person with no redeeming qualities whatsoever like he is the worst and like i do like it is nice that in episode two like there was a reason that like he wasn't allowed to like just repair things like they, like he did have a point like there are codes for a reason there are red tape for a reason even though like in our world we do hate red tape but like there they, it is there for a reason but like even in that fact he is still just the worst person and so like i wish in some of that like they took the extreme away and just gave us um not so polarizing and just give give some redeeming qualities to those villains 
uh, they're not even villains, just the the um, antagonist in that moment. So so that it's not just completely on the nose, like man, this these people are the worst. Well, and I feel like they're. I I agree because you want to almost you're, you're waiting for them to say something that you're like oh I can I can kind of see the point there, but I almost feel like that's kind of what they're going for in a sense is like some of these people are just bad you know they're just not good people, um and you kind of can understand with Adam Eve's dad you're kind of getting a little bit of an idea he just feels underappreciated, um he feels like you know he's been providing his whole life for his family now he can't so now he's he feels like they just don't care and they're like oh we can we don't need you really. And I feel like that's kind of his like sense of, oh, he feels like he's not needed anymore because his daughter does have really an insanely powerful, you know, power that she can just bend atoms to her will and make whatever she wants. And Did it almost takes the... like that. Go ahead. Sorry. It just almost takes that away. Like, you know, he's not appreciated. Um, I'm assuming you're going to ask if I watched the Adam Eve special. I have not watched that yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is still on my list. I actually hadn't been able to watch the episode three until today so i just caught up today before this podcast a little bit okay. ago but yeah so um so we see um also uh speaking of debbie she's also dealing with all these things but she also gets to see donald uh what is going on yes. with donald i i don't know dude <laughs> when i saw him i was like hold on like he should be dead and like there's no ifs ands or buts about it um we saw Omni Man rip his spine from his body, and then a the house blew up into a million pieces, incinerating him. And now yeah, and he is just walking around like he there. doesn't he doesn't remember. So clearly, like this was like, do you think it's like a clone? Like he got like the uh, the brothers. What are the, what are the brothers? The Mauler. Yeah, the Mauler twins. Do you think he got the Mauler twins to kind of uh, like get a clone of him with a memory bank? like backup that he had what what's your theory i want to hear a theory on donald i really so the only theories i have is that was one of them i was like maybe cecil's figured out maybe he hasn't even had the Mueller twins do it maybe rudy has you know figured it out you know he was part of a cloning process very very smart obviously maybe that's something we're going to see in the future is donald is working with him to you know make clones of certain people that he needs and relies on um you know, we also, another theory, you could kind of maybe go with it and see what happens, but the reason I don't think this theory works is because his body was gone. But you could almost, if you remember from episode, or season one, the guy who takes the human bodies and mutates them and, you know, gives them metal arms and all that stuff, you know, maybe he's worked on some stuff, but the only reason I don't think that theory works is because his body was gone. There's no body to build off of. Yeah, he should have been um, completely incinerated. Yeah, so really the only thing i can think of is a cloning process i do have a theory and this could be completely crazy i'm not convinced necessarily that that episode was even the world we're familiar with um there's parts of me that thinks you know obviously they introduced this multiverse i could see this being a completely different universe um because you kind of see at the end where angstrom levy goes to mark that mark this mark has been captured in this universe and he's like, well, how did they capture you? What well, that was a do? different universe. That was a different universe. So that's what I'm saying is I don't know that this episode that we saw necessarily was. Um, do I think it was? Ultimately, yes. But that was one theory. When I saw Donald, it instantly I thought, is this a different universe than what okay. we are – like our normal universe? I don't think that's at all. I, I, um, and one of the reasons is because they even said like this is like one of the only universes that Mark wasn't evil in. 
mm-hmm. like that he didn't go to his dad with. So like I I don't think this. But speaking of Mark, man, we're with with the uh, defeated Mark getting tied up and learning that Quantum Bombs uh, killed uh, Omni Man and getting all that information. What what is going to happen with that? Because we I really think, didn't see him in episode three. No, all. we didn't. And I think it's crazy. Dude, this show has just got so many things. Like, this is what I'm talking about. We have so much little things. We're taking one clip, and you can run with this clip in a million different ways. But th- I, I really think that I was shocked that we didn't see more Angstrom Levy in the next two episodes, episode two and three. We only saw that. That was the it we saw of him. Right. was that little tiny clip. Um, obviously it seems like he is going to every reality that he can think of, that he can find. Obviously he can access them all. And he's trying to see where Omni-Man and Invincible were defeated. It seems like in this universe, that's where they were defeated in this one. It seems like he is really just trying to become as smart as humanly possible to destroy them. Um, I'm not convinced that some of these things he's finding out are going to work on all of them. Or, you know, I think this is, there's going to be a lot of trial and error. Um, but yeah, dude, the Angstrom Levy whole arc, I feel like has a lot of touching to do because that is probably the craziest arc going on in the whole story right now. I, uh, I don't know what the last scene of, uh, of episode three, I think so, that's, I think that's way crazier. That is a crazy arc. And there's one arc, one, one theory I have speaking of that, you know, we see Mark finally confront what we think is Omni-Man. On this other world of, I believe, what was the world called? It was, um... Oh, man. Who knows? Was it Thraxen? Is that Thraxen? what it was called? I think it might have been something yeah, like Thraxen that. Yeah, Thraxen sounds right. I'm gonna say I think Thraxen's that might, right. I think that was what they called it. Um, there's two theories I'm running with on that one for the main part. In that episode, we have a lot to talk about episode three, because that one played a lot with emotions for me. I would one say of my that's favorite. better. I would say what episode is? three... I'd say episode three was significantly better than episode two. I agree. I thought, yes. And episode 2 was good, but episode 2 was eight. one of those... Yeah, I would agree. I think episode 2 was just one of those where you're finding out just more about... It's just dealing with more grief. Um, especially episode 2, you see a lot of Mark saying, I'm not my dad. You know, and he goes and helps back the fish people. He's like, you know, I'm gonna go fix kind of what I started, what my what I caused by letting this beast go. I mean, he puts that blame on him. And yeah, Cecil's like, no, don't do it. He's becoming a worse person, though. Like He not... is not caring about can, his his family as much and and like he's losing the things that make him a good person like yes anyone can save lives but like it's that caring and emotion like like putting the people like putting the first things first is what makes really good people good people like if you start neglecting your family to help other people then you're not a good person like your family is more important well see here's i think we're seeing him lose that like he is starting to be a little more selfish in a way. And what I think this is doing is this is the arc, you know, we keep talking about it. We're waiting for him to have his moment, his invincible moment where he just finally destroys somebody that he should destroy. Every fight still, it seems like a struggle. He is struggling with every single fight. And I think this arc we're going through with Mark is kind of showing that he's going to tap into this evil side of himself that he is battling you know he doesn't want to be his dad his dad is evil in his mind but he's going to start you know tapping into that a little bit you know see it in star wars you tap into the dark side it's a shortcut to power mark is kind of doing that in a sense of tapping into his anger and we always we see 
in episode, I believe it's episode two, when he taps into that anger a little bit, he gets a lot stronger. He does. So I think that is the arc we're learning with Mark right now is can he learn how to control that anger in a way that makes it helpful to others by making him stronger? Okay. All right. So, so backing up to, to episode three, um, let's talk about uh, you. You touched on favorite character potentially, Alan the alien. Oh, is that right? Dude. Yeah, man. My guy, <laughs> Alan, dude. Like, <laughs> they can't give us this whole story about him. You know, it's like what ten minutes of a story, and 20. I'm like, I love this dude. Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes yeah. of the episode was Alan. And, dude, it's just such a cool. You know, you feel bad for his species, right? They've been invaded by the Viltrumites, they've been conquered, but they just had this undying will to be conquered. So, you know, they bring it up multiple times in the episodes. I forget what his species is called. It's like, um, oh, what is it? I'll think of it in a second because I remember I kept saying it in my head over and over again. Um, but we see like their undying, their will, their just will to live. And we just go on this story about how they've they just barely made it by. They finally get to be a part of this council. You know, and kids. yeah, and then Alan's. You see that Alan was, you know, made essentially to kill Viltrumites. Yeah, and I think that's super cool. You know, Alan's really. I thought Alan was more of a goofy character when we saw him in season one. He just kind of seemed like that kind of comedic relief character, but it turns out he's a pretty smart dude, it seems like. He just likes to have fun, too, which is a really cool type That's of character to have. Yes, because, you know, they know how to... They don't take everything too seriously, but they know when to. Um, oh, well, he's dude. also I, voiced by Seth Rogen, which you you, know, you really just can't take anything he does serious. Exactly. <laughs> but does, he does a great job. I think the voice acting for Alan is really good. Yeah, he does good. Yeah. Uh, voice acting. Did you did you pick up on who uh, his girlfriend was voiced by? Oh, I did not. Who was that voiced uh, by? Tatiana uh, Maslany. Oh, uh, really? She Hulk. Yeah. I did not. I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah, I was listening and I was like, man, I know that voice. I know that voice. It's like, who is that? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh. Yeah, huh. but man, I love Alan. Um, yeah, he was good. He's a really cool character. I just, I just love that storyline. I love that we're going to get to see, I mean, we're going to see the Viltrumites on it. And man, dude, watching those three with no mercy handle him. And I mean, Mark, Mark used a timeout to, to like beat Alan. Like he, he was not going to beat him in season one. So like, and they just, they just literally just wiped the floor with him. It was so crazy. Well, and you heard them say when they made Alan and they sent him to go maybe potentially free their homeland, Alan wasn't even strong enough for one Viltrumite. Yeah. And obviously Mark is not 100% Viltrumite. They, they kind of keep touching on that, you know, because they talk about, like, we've never seen a Viltrumite abandoned post before. And we've also never seen someone survive a Viltrumite attack. You know, they keep saying, well, he's this half and half, you know, he's half human, half Viltrumite. And it's just, it seems like they're just trying to find these little weaknesses that the Viltrumites could have. But it did not seem like those three Viltrumites had any sort of weakness when it came to Alan. And he didn't even fight back. And I don't know if that was him. You saw him look back at his girlfriend and smile. I don't know if that was kind of him saying, there's no chance I survive here. But I'm also not going to tell them what I know because it is our only chance of ever winning against these Viltrumites. Right. So... It's just crazy. 
I love Alan. I would love to hear what you think about that episode because there's just so much to touch on. I I don't think he's gone. So I I think you know the uh, Unopian's will to live is stronger. And I, I you know he was he was coming back when he was on life support. And I know mm-hmm. that uh, Thaddeus I think it was Thaddeus. Yep. Thaddeus uh, clearly the mole clearly uh, working for the Viltrumites too. Which is crazy that the head guy of the uh, the uh, what is it the, the coalition galactic coalition planets. yeah yeah you know coalition of planets that the head guy is is evil working for him so it's cr- insane um, but I don't think he's dead I think he's gonna work his way I think he's gonna heal I think he's gonna be fine uh, I think we're gonna see more Alan I don't think that's the last of it I sure hope not and they I I agree I don't think it is the end of him. Because they really touched on the Unopians' will to live a lot. And I feel like if they wouldn't touch on that if he wasn't going to survive this. Because it would kind of defeat the whole point of them continually saying that. I really hope we get an Alan and Invincible team-up fight. I think that'll be really cool to see. Um, I love their character dynamic between those two. When they're together, they're really fun. Even though we've only seen them a little bit. Um, just really, really cool character. and yeah, that That whole scene had my... I was like, there ain't no way he they kill him. And like I said, I told you a little bit right before we started the podcast. I was like, this is going to be really sad when Alan dies because they're giving us this great story about him. We're really starting to know more and more about the character. And then no more than two minutes later after I have that thought, <laughs> he's about dead. <laughs> so, Oh, man, he's in, in space with his eye hanging out completely wrecked. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's just, you know, we're. Uh... Da- I'm excited because we're getting to see more of the Viltrumites. As much as you hate them, they're cool, right? <laughs> like, yeah. They're just like these these units of people. Um, and yeah, it's super exciting. So we talked a little bit, though, about Omni-Man seemingly showing up. What do you take from that whole scene at the end of Episode 3? So I know that uh, Nualzit, or whatever his name was, who the scout that kind of came to get yes. him, um, he, he said that he was Seon's dog to disarm Mark. He's yeah. obviously a shapeshifter. He can take on the form of anything. Clearly, incredibly powerful. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's Nolan. Um, I think it's a shapeshifter doing the exact same thing. Um, now if it is, uh, then episode four is going to be insane. Which they've already said it's going to be. But I don't think. I think we're about to see Mark's uh, moment as uh, he. This is really something you don't play with uh, in the emotions of him currently and his state with what he had to go through with his father. I think we're about to see Mark completely and totally wreck that that species because I think that Monarch is imitating Mark's dad, lied to him to get him there, um, and then I think we're about to see a thrashing on Thrashing. So if if that is what you think... What was the whole purpose of even bringing Invincible there? Um, I think that that is just part of um, either they are working for the Viltrumites, okay, or they are working for the Coalition of Planets, okay, and and that is that is somebody who is not um not on the mole team, but was like, hey, I want to come, like I want to see more of this guy. It's kind of maybe a test to see if he is as strong as portrayed maybe by alan because alan hyped him up he said he was able to survive a viltrumite's attack which no one's been able to do before 
So I, I could see that. I do like that theory. That was the big theory I had is I think that I think it makes the most sense because we saw them acting as the seance dog and, you know, using that way of, you know, kind of convincing him to come with them at first because they thought, oh, he loves the seance dog. Maybe he'll listen to him a little bit. Um, I think that, too. I think that is probably um, just a shape shifting element. I do, however, think that it could be him. And the only reason I think that it could be. it could be. So the only reason I think that is I could see this being one of those things where just the way I've been thinking about stuff, obviously this might sound kind of out there. I could almost see maybe Nolan having gone to another planet somewhere and conquering that planet in a sense is to say, Hey, I might not have got earth, but I did get this planet because we know the Viltrumites are all about conquering planets and adding everyone to their way of life. Right. Obviously, Nolan okay. is like the king here. It seemed like. So it, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it is him. I don't think so. I think it's definitely the shape shifting. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, well, what if maybe he? You know, we, they keep talking about we've never seen a Viltrumite abandoned ship. What's going to happen to him if he does? Maybe yeah. he. Maybe it is bad for them to do that. I mean, we oh, see it's definitely bad. We see the three Viltrumites come to kill Alan because they want to know where he's at. So yeah. obviously they're hunting Nolan. Right. So and, and I can Mark. and Mark. So I could almost see potentially maybe them being like him being like, hey, maybe I didn't get Earth, but I did get this planet. Maybe I shouldn't be punished for, you know, leaving my job. I, I can. That's a really good aspect. I hadn't thought of that, like trying to be like, hey, like, don't kill me. I did get this for you. Um, I'm pretty much 60-40. It's uh, 60%. I think it's Shapeshifter. 40%. I think it's Nolan. And that's just because I don't know the story. Like, I have yeah. no clue where the story's going. So, um, but I, I know that Robert Kirkman has something amazing for us in store, and I'm so excited for episode four. Um, but I will say, there's one thing that really annoys me, and that's the fact that Shapeshifter... Like, no one's realized he's an idiot. Like, he's he's not human. <laughs> like, like how, how has Cecil let him on the Guardians of the Globe? How does the, the people at NASA not know he's not an actual astronaut? Like, one of the smartest people, like, willing to go to Mars. Like, like how has no one picked up this? Like, he's literally not even turning the uh, treadmill on. He's running yeah, backwards. He's, like, yeah, and he's not running. He's just like knee-hying in place like <laughs> so i don't know i i'm not convinced cecil even knows he's there at the facility i'm sure he does but it kind of just seemed like they were like hey come back with us man um yeah. <laughs> so i don't know and we we talked about it and i talked about it at the beginning i think that this new there's going to be a new guardians of the globe and not even I, I think the ones that we have now will ultimately be the guardians of the globe but i think okay. their test is going to be fighting these people that are coming back and almost emerging as the previous guardians of the globe. Cause okay. we've seen a mortal come back. We've seen another Martian man. Um, we've seen the dark wing sidekick. In. Yeah. Yeah. Stronger we, than dark wing. It looks like it because... appears as though I think that is going to be, you know, we keep seeing Cecil. Oh, well, if they can't handle lizard league, for example, you know, just a simple, you know, little villain group. They're not ready to take on a big one. I think this is going to be their big one. And it's going to be fighting the, these previous members of the Guardians of the Globe. That's the theory okay. I'm going with in that sense. 
because I think that's the only thing that makes sense. I also think that when these new Guardians of the Globe come come about, these new members that we're seeing, you know, the previous members, it's hard to explain that in words. I think Immortal is going to side with them. I think okay. Immortal is going to turn on the current Guardians of the Globe that he is leading, and they're, the current Guardians are going to have to fight him also. Yeah, I. That's an interesting theory. I hadn't even I hadn't even thought of that even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that's definitely potential. I think they're just going to continue to build them up, and we're gonna see them just take on less and less as far as like um power level. Just kind of gradually grow that team to better and better and better. Um, to where they do have the ability to fight some of those larger levels, but um, I guess we'll see. Uh, that's that's really one of the storylines I don't care that much about. <laughs> well, and it's funny too because it's a storyline that it seems important to the story. It seems as though they keep talking about it, but it almost seems like it is completely a different storyline than what the main story is about. Well, it yeah, doesn't like... it feel. It doesn't seem to have any connections to a mark. Doesn't seem to have any connections to Omni Man, besides the fact that he killed the previous ones. It just seems like its own story, which is what I think is interesting about the show, is that you have so many different storylines going on that all seem self-contained. Yeah. So here, here's how how I currently care about like the story. It's Mark and everything to do with Mark. Mm-hmm. Um. Then the coalition of planets with the Viltrumite takeover. Then Angstrom Levy. Then Adam Eve. Then um, Mark's mom, and then like you know, way down on the list, yeah. the new Guardians of the Globe. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't uh, seem they, important. It, I I just don't think they are. I mean, it could. I just there's something about. I feel like it's gotta come full circle. I feel like they have to eventually somehow weave back into the story, the main story of Mark somehow. I just don't know how because it just so it seems so self-contained. It seems like it is literally completely different from everything else that we have going on. But there's just so much. I, I just there's so just what much I'm talking, going on. There, there is so much happening, and anytime you introduce something like multiverse or anything like that, it does make for a lot of content. But man, it seems like this show has a lot going on right now. And I love it. I love it. I think I think yeah. it's really good. It's just, man, dude, I, I just can't wait for this next episode. I don't know. I know you mentioned it. Um, apparently, episode four and episode eight are bigger than anything that ever happened in season one. That is from Robert Kirkman, obviously the creator of the show, the writer of the comics. What do you think of that? Do you really think that we're going to have some insane episodes? Or do you think that's just, you know, a writer excited for what's coming, but maybe not to that level? Um, I, I completely believe it's coming. I, uh, I literally just rewatched, uh, you know, we're rewatching the entire season because Chelsea had never seen it, my wife. Um, and so I just finished episode eight and I'm like, man, that is a 10 out of 10 episode. And I, I believe they can top it. I believe as long as they focus on the right things, uh, they they really capitalize on this Mark story uh, and everything they planted. Like the like, there has been no drop off. You know, I just talked about like I really don't care about the Guardians, but like everything else, I'm so much more invested in. 
like than even episode one or season one. Like, so if they just tell the right story, oh, I I think it has full potential to to be the best episode of the of the um show. Now I'm not. Fami- I believe this is supposed to be an eight episode season as well. I think that, is that correct? Do you know? Yeah, that it's eight episodes. Okay, so I guess that's maybe their thing. They're going to do eight sep- episodes every season. Um, I and think a season I, I think, every year is what they it, said. It, yes, Robert Kirkman is, which is awesome, right? Like <laughs> yeah, that is really time. great. Um, and it, it's it makes sense because it is a lot easier to talk, make animated content. So I'm very thrilled that we're getting a season every year because I don't want to wait on the show. No. This is one of the few shows we talked about it. We've laughed about it. I don't like binge watching. I wish I had this whole season because <laughs> this is one it. of the, yeah, this is one of the few shows that I like. I don't want to keep waiting. I, cause we have so many, we've talked about it over and over again. There's so many storylines going on. I just want to know what happens. Like there's been so many parts of me. That's like, I'm about to just pick up the comics and start reading because I just want to know what's <laughs> happening. Like I just, I'm alert. dying to know. And I'm not like that with shows. Usually I'm like, all right, one episode a week. It gives me time to watch it. It gives me time to think about it. The more I think about this show, I almost feel like I get more confused in a good way. Because I don't think I'm confused. It's like, oh, this show is just too much. I'm just like, oh, what about this? But this happened, and then this happened, and it's just so much happening. And I want to know why. Man. But, man, so far, what do you rate the... What do you rate the uh season two better or or worse than season one so far i think it's through, better through three and episodes. i think i think it's going to be better and the big reason i think it's going to be better is the show does a really great job of character building and season one was a lot of that so i do think season two has been a lot more of like let's just get going we're, we're already in the thick of a story i feel like especially with the ending of episode three seeing omni man anytime we see him we know the story is about to pick up i feel like oh yeah so that's where I'm at with this one. I mean, we kind of see that in season one when Omni-Man was knocked out, essentially, when he had wore himself out after killing all the Guardians. The show was very slow until he got back up on his feet and started moving again. Yeah. You bring a character like that back, obviously things are about to start happening. Um, okay. I do. Another theory I think I, I've been excited to think about is, you know, we talked about the he, Nolan's either just being shapeshifted right now. I mentioned maybe he went and conquered another planet as maybe as like, hey, I didn't do terrible. I did get a planet for the Viltrumites. Um, I also do think potentially, and something I'm hoping we see, is if Omni-Man is trying to redeem himself for what he did on Earth, I hope we get to see him and Mark fight a couple of Viltrumites together. I think that would be an awesome scene, and I think it's coming if one of those theories is true about that actually being Nolan. Because we know the Viltrumites are looking for him, and they're going to run into each other at some point. That's the only way he's either of them survive, is if it's together. Yes, because I Mark obviously, and I don't think Mark could even take a one-on-one fight against a Viltrumite right now. No, no, absolutely um, not. If, we saw what happened with a, his dad. Yeah, if it is a two-on-two, it's going to be a lot of Mark taking punches while his dad <laughs> finishes the rest of the fight, right? So yes, correct. But I, I'm excited for something like that, because... I I I still even though he's a piece of trash a lot of the time, Omni Man is so cool, dude. You can't not like him because he he's just got that he's got that wow factor when he's on the screen. I mean, his voice obviously he's voiced by an iconic um, voice actor, Jake but Simmons. yeah, I just 
I love him. I still like him, even though he's done so much wrong. I'm like, every time he's on the screen, I'm like, yes, give me more Omni Man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is is exactly what you want from a character, but yeah. All right, so um, moving away from Invincible, that is our only show recap at all that we have um, this yep. week. However, we did have a ton of news drop this week and a few trailers. Um, so I just want to touch on those quickly. Uh, don't really want to like get into deep dives with them as a uh, man. We could, uh, we could do that for hours, but what, uh, just, uh, we'll go through these pretty quick. Um, Madam web win or a, uh, a W or an L trailer. Huge W for me. I didn't care about the movie really at all until I saw the trailer. The trailer did, captivate me a little bit i i'm excited for the story they're telling always skeptical with sony you never really know what they're gonna do um but you gotta admit they've made some good movies in the marvel universe with the amazing spider-man i love those spider-man movies i think they're really good a lot of people like the venom movies i actually haven't watched those they're on my watch list um but i think this is a win i think it did a lot of what they wanted a trailer to do you want people to get excited for something um, from what I was reading in comments of the trailer and stuff, it seemed overwhelmingly positive. Obviously, there's a few of those comments that are like, I don't care about this. But uh, I still think I think it was a win for me personally. OK, um, I think it was a, a semi win for me. It didn't really uh, throw me. Uh, it did intrigue me. It made me more interested in the story, which is always good for a trailer to do. But um, the thing I was really excited for is Adam Scott um as ben yeah. parker um i love adam scott uh, parks and rec is one of my favorite shows of all time um i love that show and to see him uh in the sony verse that's pretty cool um and then you know i have n- no clue about any of these characters except for spider woman and i don't really even know the version we're getting um clearly we're getting three of the the spider women um immediately and then madam webb an evil spider-man so you know i i i'm clearly gonna go watch it um but it wasn't like it wasn't like the echo trailer for me like that was like oh my gosh i gotta watch this right now i'm so excited for this um it was more like okay you have my attention um but it not not my full interest i mean i get that and like i said it was a huge huge win for me just because it was able to get me excited for the movie in a way before I could not have cared less about this. I I thought it was going to be really, I feel like we've been hearing about Madam web for a really long time now. I feel like we just keep hearing little, Oh, they're filming Madam web. You'll see like a a shot of, you know, a film location or something. Um, But I feel like it's finally getting there. It did look interesting. Like you said, I don't know anything about any of these characters. Um, so I, I'm excited to learn potentially some about them, which is probably the, the most exciting thing for me. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I it was a win in that it got my attention. Okay. Um. All right. So what if? Um. What if trailer dropped as well? Uh. Same day. Um. For uh. Let, we'll do the same for that. Uh. W or now? What if trailer? So I liked it. I have not watched What If season one, but I did watch this trailer for season two. My favorite thing about it is I love how they're releasing the episodes. Um, that's going to be really fun, and that's something we're excited, especially on, from a podcast standpoint, because we're going to be able to break down just about the whole show whenever we have, whenever that time comes. So I thought it was a win. I know a lot of people really like the What If series. I know you are one of those people that is very excited for season Big two. Time. 
Um, so that is, I thought it was a win. Again, I will have to catch up with season one. Um, but yeah, I think I just love animated content. I, I think it's really grown for me. I used to not be as much of an animated fan, but it's kind of funny as I've gotten older, I almost prefer animated in a sense, just because of what they're able to do with it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a win. I, I, I think the biggest win for me though, is I think it's really cool how they're releasing it. Yeah, yeah, the nine nine days, nine episodes. That's super exciting for me. Huge W for me. Um, I loved What If. I think it's well, hugely underrated. Um, it was one of my f- uh, top five Disney Disney Plus projects. Um, and I just um, I really enjoyed every week as they dropped. I think they had amazing uh, content. I thought every episode was was pretty good paced. It told a complete story. It was just a fun watch every week. And then the culmination with an actual event. Uh, And I think we're going to get more of that this season. So I'm just, I'm excited for What If. I think it was a huge W. Um, But uh, yeah, you got to watch season one, man. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Maybe maybe we'll make you... uh, Maybe we'll make you watch that before uh, it drops so we can do a, like a little recap uh, episode oh, and just choose our favorite episodes. I will definitely be watching it before season two drops. I have to do that because I'm excited for it. And one thing I will say, one of my favorite things about the podcast has been is it has given me so much more motivation to catch up on stuff just so we can talk about it. Because I love sitting down and talking about these things. Um, so that's probably the only reason I was able, not only is Invincible such an awesome show, but I definitely wouldn't probably have been as motivated to binge it like I did. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but season, I'll have to catch up on season one for sure. So that won't even be something you have to convince me to do. It'll be done. So Okay, great. Um, all right, so uh, next piece was what we had a, a fantastic four casting oh, gosh. semi-confirmation for the 70th time. Um you know this just keeps keeps on rolling out uh, with the uh, fantastic four this is like the seventh uh uh seventh casting that we've heard um but let's just run through the ones that we know uh the big drop this week was that pedro pascal is apparently being offered the role of mr fantastic uh win or loss all right so this is a tough one for me because i love pedro pascal I, i think he's such a good actor but there are so many other people I wanted for this role. There are so many other options they could have gone. And it, it hurts me to say this. I'm going to say it's an L because, again, I think he's such a good actor. I think he has a place. I think he could be in the MCU. I really do. I just don't think this is it. Um, you know, we've heard so many theories and rumors of who was going to be casted. We've had confirmation so many times now. I'm still not convinced it's Pedro Pascal. Um, No matter how many people are really saying it, I feel like this is probably the most convinced I've been, though. Um, But, man, some of the other people we've heard of, I personally really wanted John Krasinski. I loved him in the Doctor Strange movie. I think he looked the part really, really well. Another one that I really liked was Adam Driver. I was really hoping if we weren't getting John Krasinski, it would be him because I think he would be a really great Reed Richards. This one just kind of seemed out of left field for me, so I have to say it's an L. Okay, yeah, I, I'm on the complete agreement. I, I had a conversation with my <laughs> coworker about this. I was like, man, man's 48. He looks 60. Um, he's a wonderful actor, but he's already in, you know, he's shown to be, like hard to work with with Mandalorian um he's you know 
it just doesn't seem he doesn't look it to me. He doesn't look the part. He doesn't no. seem the part. He doesn't act the part. Um, there's there's just and like you said, there is so many other actors that like could do it. Um, so I I I am completely in agreement that this is a, a major L. Um, have you ever, ever watched uh, Criminal Minds? I have not. Well, there's uh, I, if, for those of you listening that have like I think. Matthew Gray uh, Goobler, uh, Dr. Spencer Reed from that show would actually be a wonderful uh, Mr. Fantastic. Like, Reed Richards, like, he's super intelligent looking. He, he plays at that part super well. Uh, he's kind of lanky in, in and of itself. So, I like, I think that's that's one of my top fan casting uh, picks for this. But, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of Pedro Pascal. I think he's going to do fine if he gets the role. I think... Um, that his performance won't distract me from it. I, I won't be like thinking, man, that's not Reed Richards the whole time on the screen. But I do think uh, this is not not necessarily the casting I was looking for. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like I said, great actor. I think I feel the same way when I'm watching the movie. I don't think it'll bother me. I just was hoping for something new. And I was honestly, if they're not even going to give it to a big name, give it to someone new, right? Give yeah. us give us a new actor that can you know show themselves of what they're capable of doing. I feel like Marvel and Star Wars do that a lot. You don't usually see big other name actors in these movies. Um, and if you do, usually this is what makes them a big actor. Um, because usually they don't want that distraction. You don't want to be thinking, oh, that guy's just from this. You know, you want that character to be authentic and new. So I wish, if anything, they would have given it to someone else. But Yeah, that was, like, that that was my complaint with Adam Driver. I was like, I don't want to be everyone thinking like, hey, look, it's Kylo Ren. Exactly. Ex- yeah. And, you, you know, if you pick John Krasinski, oh, it's Jim from The Office. Um, but, yeah, I was hoping, if anything, we'd get someone new. Or maybe that someone that does have an acting experience, but just not from something as big as this. But, yeah. you know, I digress. I think it'll be okay. I'm still not convinced until we finally get, you know, the official drop of all four of them. But yeah, we'll see from, what happens. From, from the... Uh... The history with this this casting call, I'm not I'm not saying anything until Marvel drops the announcement. <laughs> you know, whether it's, yeah, it's uh, been... RPK or not, it just you know we'll we'll see we'll see when it when it drops. Yeah, this has just seemed like it's just been dragging on. <laughs> I just want to yeah. get on with it and let's just we don't need to we we shouldn't be theorizing about who's going to be in the movie acting. We should be theorizing <laughs> about what the story could be. But I feel like it's That's just right. really been a big distraction. It has been. Okay, but now something that's actually confirmed that we can theorize about is um, our friend Robert Kirkman uh, dropped a little nugget that Sentry um, is actually going to be in the Thunderbolts because his good friend um, Stephen Yu is playing Sentry, and that is now confirmed for the Thunderbolts. What's your take? I love it, dude. I And I love... I, well, I think I mentioned it. might have mentioned a little while back, or maybe we talked about it in just me and you talking. I love that Robert Kirkman and him have such a good relationship. Obviously, Steven was in The Walking Dead. He played Glenn. Robert Kirkman wrote The Walking Dead. He wrote Invincible. He has him as his main voice actor. Um, I love it, that little relationship. And it's kind of cool that we, we got confirmation from a source like that. Because I'm a big Robert Kirkman fan. He might be he might be my favorite comic writer of all time. Um, because two of his biggest things are The Walking Dead and Invincible, and those are two of my favorite things um, that I've watched and read. So 
I love that. I think he is going to do a really good job in that role. I think he's a great actor, and I think that was a that was a big win. Oh yeah, I I uh, I love that. I love bringing Sentry in. I mean, we are talking about, and and for those of you who don't know, Sentry is essentially stronger than Superman, um, camp, comic character. Uh, Marvel created them to kind of spit in the face of Superman. Said, hey, uh, you have this character, but we can do it better. Um, and so I know uh, there would, uh, you know, riots in the street if if this this take got got taken out that it, that was true. Um, but um, super interesting character. Uh, not a lot is known about him. Most most people wouldn't even say they they know who it is. But I am really excited, and especially for the Thunderbolts to take him on, like street level heroes to take on the most powerful comic like Marvel character. Uh, well, one of the most powerful yeah. marvel characters that's but I, I mean our power set in marvel is going crazy dude with uh emily clark's character uh and then you know we got captain marvel thor's at an all-time high we got loki the god of stories um now we're bringing in century we got adam warlock like man <laughs> we're gonna have to see some major threats for them to have some challenges yeah it, it, they are we it is getting it's getting crazy and it's setting up you know, an insane battle in something like a Secret Wars moving oh, yeah. forward. So it's gonna be awesome. Really, yeah, it, it's really cool. I love this cast. Um, I don't know if you saw the quote, but Robert Kirkman said he said Stephen called me and he was like, "Yeah, I had to go for this costume thing. To, I'm playing Sentry in the Marvel," and he's like, "I can't seem to get away from wearing a blue and yellow suit." Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just like the invincible colors, and that's what color Sentry wears. Um, I think that was funny, but I, I yeah, think that's, that's really cool for me. Yeah, t- total total W for me. I love it. I uh, can't ex- uh, couldn't couldn't be happier for that character. Steven Yeun is awesome. Um, I love him and everything he has. One of the most heartbreaking moments of uh, Walking Dead is when you know he took the the bat to the head. Um, yeah. So man, uh, love that character. Love uh, the act. I think the actor's great. So huge huge win for me. And another huge win that I didn't even know was continuing was that we were gonna get a Creed four. Uh, now it's confirmed, and it's going to be directed by Michael B. Jordan again. Yeah, I saw that. Did that get announced today? The today we're did. filming this. Yeah, so awesome. Those movies are great, dude. I love them. Um, I just think they're cool. Yeah, that's a big win. I do hope we don't get you know too many of them. <laughs> I think this is one of those things that you can kind of just overdo. But I think four is probably where I would stop personally. I'm still very excited for it. Um. But yeah, I think it's gonna be good to see. I think hey, those are great movies. Rock, Rocky Four is the best Rocky movie. I'm saying it. That's a fact. Um, it's just it's <laughs> undeniable. Um, you know, and they're kind of they're kind of you know completely going on the exact same track as uh, yeah. as Rocky the one series. You know, Creed the first one was incredible, amazing, best one so far. Step two was very Creed two was very close to creed one but not quite as good then creed three quite a step down but still really still really fun still really enjoyable now they're just you know they're poised for creed four to be the best one i i, I hope so i really do but I, I hope we don't get as many creed movies as we got rocky movies because man there's a lot of them ah oh, man but the rocky movies man what a great oh, they're franchise. all iconic they're all iconic do, but do you agree with man. the fact that uh creed uh that rocky four is the best rocky Oh man, I'm trying to think. So we one was Apollo Creed. Two, two is Apollo is, Creed. 
two was Apollo Creed. The rematch. Then three was Mr. T. Yeah. Then number four was Ivan Drago. Yep. In Russia. Then, then five was Tommy Guns. Yes. And then we had Rocky Balboa. Mm. So <clears throat> excuse then me. Creed. Um I think Honestly, I love Five. I like Tommy Gunn. I just hate how that oh. movie ended. Oh, I, I'm no, not saying it's my don't. favorite. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Listen, hear <laughs> me out. The worst one. It's, it's not my favorite. I like that movie, though, from a sense of where Rocky is coming from. I just hate the ending fight. I hate the whole street fight thing. I think that's lame. Okay. I would probably... I don't know, dude. I, yeah, well, see, I love Apollo Creed, and he dies in, in the fourth one. That's why don't it's get so to see good. Him. And we don't get to see him though, it's so, so heartbreaking. I'm, I don't know. I might like three. I might like three. I love Mr. Oh, T's with Mr. character. T? I pity the Yeah, I, I just, I like, I like Apollo Creed too much. I love how he's, he's showing Rocky how to flow and move like a butterfly and all that stuff. So I might go with three, but four is really good. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, but oh man, I can't even believe in front of. <laughs> I'm still stuck on that you even brought up five and like the the discussion for like. Hey, it's not bad. It's just, it's got its place. It's got its place. I do. Oh, no. I just like. Oh, I just man. hate how it ended. I just hate how it ended. I I I can agree with with that for sure. Um, well, it sounds it like you hated, hated the whole thing. So. <laughs> Dude, it's got a five point three on IMDb. Oh, like... you know. Stuff gets rated poor. I mean, I'm sure some Fast and Furious movies have some low ratings. We and both rightfully know so, baby. That way. <laughs> and rightfully so, baby. Uh, Listen, okay. I'll be the first to say it. I'll take the hot take. Fast and Furious is a better franchise than Rocky Balboa. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that may be one of the hottest takes I've heard you say. Listen, that it is, is horrible. I'm, I'm dying on that hill. If anyone disagrees... Dane puts in our description of every video how you can reach us. I'm prepared to battle on this hill. So, dude, dude, I, I've tried tried to battle for you. Uh, for every sane member that's listening, we all know Rocky is better. Jacob is just a little delusional and and maybe a little stubborn on this one. That he's really <laughs> just defending uh, Fast and the Furious to the death. Um, you know, with all of its missteps. But anyway, all right, moving off of off of that, um, another huge, uh, big win for for cinemas uh, is that we are getting Dune Part Three, uh, two, two weeks earlier than we were supposed to. It got moved up to March first. Um, is Dune Two something you're looking forward to? Not personally. Um, I've not oh, ever been a big oh, fan of that okay. franchise. Um, I didn't. I've watched the first one. It's great. I'm just not like I'm, it's just not one of those things I'm dying to see. Um, okay. Will I see it? Probably. Um, oh, you will. It, You'll have to podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> we're gonna start. Yeah, we're gonna start figuring out some stuff here. But I do like it. <laughs> I, it's just not one of the things that I'm not dying to see. You know, so I'm sure you're gonna say you're dying to see it. But for me, if I didn't see it, it's not going to hurt me. So so this is the beauty of the podcast. See, if we would have already been doing the podcast when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, then I would have had to go watch it. Um, yeah, but here's – but see, you you probably would say if, we, if you went and watched it – because you still haven't seen it, right? No, I actually looked up to rent it uh, yesterday, um, but then didn't because I didn't have time. But um, Yeah, so – you would probably be like, ah, you know, it's okay. But man, I loved it. So we're going to have some more of these back and forth, but I'm, I'm assuming you're very excited for Dune. 
Oh, I I think I loved I loved Dune. I thought it was awesome. One of the I I really wish I would have seen it in theater. I didn't watch it. I watched it on uh, HBO Max. So, uh-huh. um, I really am looking forward to part two. And I got some friends down here that absolutely love Dune and are really looking forward to to watching it. So, uh, I am excited to go see that one, especially since the first one was slow. Um, I will be uh, the first uh, to 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 admit that. Um, it was beautiful. I thought it was awesome. But it was great world building, fantastic acting. Timothy uh, Chalamet is like, I probably just butchered his last name, but he's great. Um, I think he's the better of the actors between him and Tom Holland with like those uh, rising stars. Um, but yeah, I love Dune and I'm really excited for part two. And maybe that's why I didn't like the, fr- it is slow. It is slow. It to is slow. Going. Maybe I... I need to go back. It's been a while. I haven't watched it since, man. When did the first one come out? Last year. Was it was it only last year? Yeah, last year. Like it was. I thought it was like two years ago now. But uh, maybe I'll rewatch it. Maybe I'll have a different. But it's not again. It's not one of those things I'm dying to see. It'll be two years in April, so kind of. Man, maybe, maybe yeah. Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, but which is kind of crazy turnaround, really. I, I feel it like was supposed to come that's... out. To, it was supposed to come out last week. Yeah, I feel like a movie of that scale, though. It's a big movie. It's it is. A lot... but they they had already they already started production before. The other one came out like they. Oh, they, see, I didn't know that. They had already greenlit it. They were ready to okay. go. Okay. So, but another uh, in other cinema news, uh, the Marvels they took a terrible eighty-seven uh, percent hit on the uh, box office this week, um, which I really don't have much to say about that. We're not going to be box office covers, but it does lead me into my question for you this week. I do have just two questions for you um, that I'm excited to hear. What is your first movie that you saw in the cinemas? Oh, man. Uh, What would be the first movie? There's a couple of movies that come to mind. Cloudy with a... No, I don't think Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was the first one. Oh, man, man, dude. That would have been late. Yeah, I didn't go a whole lot when I was little. I'm trying to think of what would have been one of the first movies. It, dude, I really don't know. I'm trying to think of what it would have been. That's one of the movies that comes to mind. Madagascar 2, Escape to Africa comes to mind. Those are the only two that really I remember watching when I was younger. Like I said, I didn't go to the movies a whole lot as like a kid. Um, yeah, so those so- definitely would have been... Okay, oh, cloudy what was with that movie with meatballs. What was that movie with Adam Sandler about the dreams? Oh, bedtime stories. Bedtime stories. I saw that one in theaters. If that one, whichever one of those three movies came out first, would have been the one that I went and saw. I believe probably is one of my first, cloudy and it might not be sh- my first, but it's one of those three. I think I just don't remember if any, there was a movie before that that I would have gone and seen. Okay, bedtime stories did come out before. Um... It came out in 2008, and Madagas- or, and uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came out in 2009. So it probably would have been Bedtime Stories, because I'd have been about nine years old then. And then Madagascar 2, Escape from Africa, uh, or Escape to Africa, uh, came out in 2008 as well. So it was either Bedtime Stories or Madagascar, I guess. Yeah, whichever one of those came out first would have been what I saw, because I was probably about nine years old. Yeah, like I said, I didn't go a whole lot when I was little. I guess, yeah, I, actually... I mean, that's kind of... I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Well, nine wasn't, nine's not super old for, I feel like, going to the movies. I feel like that's probably, because you don't want to go too young, because, like, if you're, like, four or five, I feel like they could get, like, 
I feel like I would have probably gotten like, what's the word? Not necessarily bored, but I would want to get up and move around some or something. So yeah, I don't know. you know, I, I, uh, I definitely my first movie was actually Dinosaur, uh, that the Disney movie. Uh huh. Oh, it came the, out in two thousand. Dinosaur. <laughs> no, 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 not not. Uh, oh, <laughs> not that one. It like like kind of realistic. They had the little little monkeys in it. They had to like oh, travel across the desert. Oh man, it came out in two thousand. It's a wonderful. It's a joy. I actually watched it with my daughter not too long ago. <laughs> but um, I we were on vacation and because we were like out of town, it was okay. So we like went and watched Dinosaur, and I remember that was like such a cool like memory that like I got to go um to the theater finally and watch this this movie and it, like I loved it so much and it like really sparked like a love for movies for me so I, I was curious if you had like a similar experience where you had like you know it was a big impact for your first movie going experience I mean I remember seeing those movies and loving it um but I don't think it really changed much um I feel like, I don't know, but I do, I feel like, I don't even, like I said, I don't even remember which one it was, because it was one of those two. When did Cars come out? Was Cars Ooh. after, it would have had to have been after that, right? No, I think Cars came out before that, right? Did Cars come out before that? Uh, Car, when did Cars loading, come out? Loading. 2006, it did. Oh, yeah. so it would have been that thing. Well, in that one, I went to a drive-in movie theater. Oh, so cool. To see that. So that, that would have been probably the first. Yes, that probably would have been the first movie I saw in movie theaters. And his number two car movie of all time. Yep, yep. That <laughs> That's makes awesome. It makes sense. It's all, it all, it's all adding up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and then I have one last question for you. But uh, so we we just asked uh, his first car, uh, his first uh, movie experience in the cinemas. But what is your best theater experience? Ooh, that's that's a loaded question. Um, I feel like so I got a couple. Avengers Endgame is obviously peak because just the energy in that movie theater was something I feel like I have never experienced watching a movie. Okay, that was just a, it was a culmination of how many movies and years. It's like ten years, twenty some movies. That one is probably one of the craziest experiences. Um, I remember seeing my first Star Wars movie in the theater, which would actually have been, oh, which movie, which one would it have been? Would it have been Rogue One, I guess? Because I never saw the original movies. I didn't see one, two, or three in theaters. I didn't see, obviously, four, five, and six. So I guess maybe Rogue One was really cool just because of okay. how much I love Star Wars. Um, and then actually, when my wife, she never had gone to the movie theaters, and we went and saw No Way Home. We went and saw that on opening night. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I figured if she's going to go to her first movie, it needs to be a fun one. Movie? Yes, her first movie was No Way Home. Step it up, Daniel. So, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first one we went to, and it was a really great one because that was another one with a ton of energy in it. She got to experience like people actually yelling in a movie theater. Oh yeah, which was really fun because everyone's cheering and screaming and everything. Um, so yeah, probably one of those three moments were probably one of my favorites. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, for me, it is by far um, Infinity War. Infinity War Infinity was the War. absolute best theater experience I've ever had. Every time a hero came on, um, 
you know, Spider-Man on the bus, people were cheering. You know, Captain America catches the spear. Uh, people are cheering. Yeah. Dude, it was a packed, packed IMAX theater. Not a, not a, not an open seat in the house. And honestly, I ordered my pre-ticket sale, my tickets the day it was available. And I'm, I'm kind of a, a theater snob. I, I, I really want the center, center seat. I want to make sure. Oh, me too. I got the me best, <laughs> best view, best sound. Um, so you know, if you go on opening night, yeah, you get your tickets early. And we're sitting down. We were there early because I like to watch all the previews because you know I'm a weirdo. Oh, it's, it's part and, of the experience. <laughs> exactly, part of the experience. And um. This this guy comes in, it's a pretty big dude, and his his girl, and he's like, "You're in our seats," and I'm like, "Uh, no, I'm not." So I'm standing up, and I'm like, "Dude, these are my seats. Like, you are not sitting. Like, it's an opening night, Infinity War. Like, you are not sitting here, no matter what. Like, I don't care." And he was like, "These are my seats." Blah blah blah. blah. And I was like, "Dude, look at your ticket." And he pulled up his tickets, and I was like, "Dude, that's for next Thursday. Get out of here." Like, oh, that sucks for him. oh dude i was i was stressing it i was like dude look i got my tickets right here it is this time and dude like that interaction right before (laughs) the theater like oh yeah and then like for it to end the way it did and yeah dude infinity war was crazy i remember seeing that one in theater oh man with thanos's snap and the the absolute like oh we lost we lost we never seen that before Nope. I've never seen them lose them lose in a in a in a movie. So um, yeah, Infinity War was by far my best experience. I was actually let down by my Endgame experience because it wasn't as good as my Infinity War experience. And it was still See, a good I just, experience. I I saw both in theaters. I just remember something. The reason I I always think of Endgame as such a great experience in the movie theater is there's two moments obviously that stick out in that movie. I'm sure you know what I'm about to say. Cap finally wielding Mjolnir, the 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 whole theater went crazy in my see, mine theater. Didn't. When I, oh, see, mine, every, I had people standing up. I had people clapping and screaming whenever Dude, that see, happened. I, I did. I did, but like I was like <laughs> one of the only people, and I'm like, wait, the, see, wait my a theater was, I didn't stand was up, but I was like, oh, that let's go. Yeah, and then when he does the Avengers Assemble, yeah. the, I think there was people crying, there was people screaming, I mean that those were those two moments. Like, I feel like my Infinity War experience was more like your end game. It sounds like okay. my Infinity War was a mo- lot more calm. It seemed like, yeah, it was but like, yeah, yeah, my end game people were freaking out. See, and so, I like saw all the videos of people freaking out. I'm like, why could my theater been like that? And I went yeah, three times. Mine was like you see those videos times. of people. I'm not convinced mine's not one of those compilations, dude. Because mine, oh, I had literal people. Awesome. There were people jumping. One dude started running back and forth at the, at the front of the theater because he was freaking out. Like it was, it was almost too much, but like it added to the experience. So. Yeah, I know some people, and they would have absolutely hated that. They're like, yeah. I, I don't want that. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. It. I'll go at one o'clock in the, in the middle of the day, so I don't get that junk. Yeah. Yeah. See, I live for that. Like it can be too much, but it definitely well, every, adds to it. Well, every time I watch Infinity War, I hear my theater in my head like it right like it is it is a it is an experience that lives past the experience like every time i watch that movie i'm i'm teleported back to that amc movie theater living yeah. that experience of man you know my number one marvel movie of all time and i you know i can't not credit some of that to my theater experience 
yeah, it's it's so it, man. Those were some fun. That was fun times. But yeah, so that's uh that's all we have uh, this week. Uh, I thank y'all for sticking around for us. If you did, um, I as uh, Jacob mentioned earlier, I will put how to contact us in the show notes. Um, if there's anything that you want us to rate, to talk about a show that we haven't watched or haven't spoke on that maybe we have watched or that you would like us to watch and talk about, uh, let us know. Let's hit it up, and we'll uh, we'll be happy to get to that stuff. Um, we we have plenty of content to talk about where we're always always make time for our fans. So, um, Jacob, you got anything for for us? Nope that's that's it from me, guys. All right. Well, thanks thanks for joining us here at the Weekly Fix, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week.